welcome to episode 13 of the local meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. So John, I saw you kicked off the Magic Online streaming a few days ago. Yeah, it was exciting. My my nice little title of trying to do better than 2-1 or whatever, something along those lines. Because I'm the master of 2-1-ing drafts in this format now, apparently. Yeah, and you, the, the great thing, though, is, is like the game you lose, you always just get blown out by or not even blown out like you just lose to bad decks <laughs> yeah, like i don't just lose to like a reasonable stuff it's like oh yep i'm gonna lose to this three color deck that one because they have three trespassers curse in their deck and you and you can't play your minus one minus one counter things because you have the scarab the yeah, scarab guard <laughs> that was like i couldn't play removal i couldn't play like any of the six other creatures in my hand like i'm just i was completely dead my opponent literally dies with zero cards in their library or they my opponent kills me with zero cards in his library yeah it was like it was just one of those things where it just that felt so bad. But it was soul. I mean, you finally did it though. I got to watch you do it. Yeah, that that actually felt really good. Yeah, that was that was a sweet deck though. Finally breaking the, the curse of losing my round two to people. But I've now lo- graduated to losing my round three as of last FNM. That was good. There we go. That's at least better. Yeah. <laughs> all in all, I've <laughs> haven't had any people really watching me stream except for you and some random people sometimes but yeah i mean that's how streaming goes though to be honest yeah so people will people will catch up if they find you interesting enough but yeah I don't know, if they like watching zombie decks they should tune into you because you draft <laughs> any other deck in the format uh not that anyone's seen me do <laughs> fun fact i drafted black white zombies during fnm <laughs> i was gonna ask you that <laughs> It was, it was, I, I kind of, it was kind of really weird, because, like, I drafted basically mono black pack one, and then I knew Like some, you want to do. Yeah, and then I knew that someone, just because I drafted a literal mono black deck in this format doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, I knew that someone directly to my right must have been a white, because there was no white at all. And so, pack two, a lot of good white cards were coming my way, so I literally took every one of them. You just cut white super hard. Yeah, like so, like I, I had my the people to my right do all the work of drafting a color, and then I took all the like you know payoffs pack two, and then pack three, I just took like whatever I needed to fill out my deck, and it was super entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> the solidest of draft strategies. It sometimes it works. Sometimes it works. Yeah. Okay. So. Last week we mentioned at the end of the episode that we were planning on doing a different topic before Wizards went and dropped some ban hammers all over the place. So today we're going to do that topic, and it's just kind of following up to our episode on Limited. Um, we're going to talk specifically about Sealed, um, mainly because there's a few differences between that and Draft, which we kind of focused on for the Limited uh, the limited episode. So. Yeah. Um, most of the time when you play sealed, you're probably going to be playing it at a pre-release. That's, I'm guessing that's how 90% of people play sealed. I have to imagine. like we're There's a local league that's going to be starting up on Sundays, which is going to start out being te- basically four-pack sealed, which is a 30-card deck. Oh man, <laughs> those decks are bad always too. <laughs> I know, and it's like apparently what happens after a certain point is everyone just kind of makes an agreement to make their decks 40 cards instead. 
Oh, cool. okay. Let's see what actually winds up happening. But yeah, sealed is not something that people do very often. Like there, I suppose there are sealed GPs. Mm-hmm. There are sealed PPTQs because they are both formats that are allowed for stuff like that. But they're just they are not something that the normal person will run into a lot outside of pre-releases. Pre-releases, and then yeah, the in-store league a lot of times. So, well, I'm just so we'll get to the first point on our list, and this isn't a differentiation between draft or anything. This is just I think the golden cardinal rule with sealed. Don't blame your pool for your bad results. The, the thing I see a lot of times is that everyone opens their packs and is like, oh, my pool sucks. And then they kind of half-ass build a crappy deck and go, like, you know, 1-3 and are like, oh, well, I couldn't have done anything. My pool was bad. And that's And that's that. When realistically, a lot of times, if you just... Build the best you best deck you can out of that pool. You're gonna do fine. I mean, contrary to what people think, sealed is to some degree a skill-based format. There's all there's there's luck involved with your pool, but if you build a good pool, you're gonna you have a chance. Or build a good deck out of that pool, you have a very good shot. I need to disagree with something that you said right before you started talking. Okay. You said. This isn't very different from draft, and I think that is completely false. Okay. Because when it comes to draft, if you draft a bad deck, you personally know inside you that you did wrong. Like you did something wrong, like you didn't you didn't see the correct colors that were opening, you sent bad signals. Like if you draft a bad deck, that is very much your fault, as to where it is a lot easier for someone to justify to themselves that their sealed pool was was bad rather than accepting that they built it bad that is okay. i i actually do disagree like <laughs> i always joke that i always tend to open really really shitty shitty pools at pre-releases and the only reason i do well is because i can just outskill my most of my opponents i mean honestly to, to some degree that's what sealed is is outskilling your opponents yeah i mean i did have the bfz pool where I, like in a pre-release, you get six packs, so you get six rares plus your your promo usually. And I played six rares in my main deck, and then boarded in the seventh one for one of my games. Like, that's a tough pool to beat. Like sometimes you just get the nut pool. Yeah. But then other times you get a pool where it's like, well, none of my rares do anything. I get to play uncommons and commons, and you can still run a good deck with that. Yeah, like I've I've gotten to the th- point where like you know I go up against an opponent and they have like Bruna, Avison, Gisela, and I'm just staring at like a hand of nothing but commons, and I'm like, yep, I'm never gonna win as long as they draw reasonably. Yeah, but I mean, I mean yeah, so, sometimes you get rickrolled, and other times you know you actually can leverage your skill against people. So yeah, I mean they're they're like, but there's luck in all of Magic. Yes. I mean that's how magic works. I mean this this point is very much akin to stop blaming luck for your game losses in general. Yeah. And and look at what you did wrong because you're going to get more mileage out of look critically looking at yourself and saying I built this pool wrong. I could have done this differently than just being like, well, I had a bad pool and walking away from it and not learning anything. It is something that I actually say a lot at basically every pre-release I go to because a lot of like there's certain like certain pre-releases like they're kind of random which ones happen but I will have like 
half a dozen people walk up to me in between rounds and show me their deck and ask me what they did wrong. And a lot of the time it's the fact that they're like three color, and I have a personal opinion that there is not a single limited pool I have ever seen that cannot be condensed down to only two colors. That's basically true. Also, I'm going to stop and just make a point on that thing. Good on those people for asking opinions. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yep. if you That's think, what you should if, do. <laughs> if you, I ask people opinions on my decks, and I consider myself one of the best people in the room, because sometimes I just don't see stuff. Yep. Like, that is a reality that we live in. Like, no one is perfect as much as, you know, some of us seem to think we are. <laughs> I.e. both of us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I once had a guy come up to me, and he's like, I, my deck's just, you know, like, my pool's bad, this is the best I can do, and he handed me, like, it was either Mardu or Naya, and, like, I look at the deck, and I look at his pool, and I build him a blue-white deck, and he goes 4-0. Yep. Like, you didn't, like, you just didn't evaluate the cards correctly, that's just something that, like, a lot of people don't realize, and it's super weird. Yeah, I mean, the big piece is, you were gonna want to I when I build a, a pool, I mean outside of formats that are specifically designed to play three color, and there's not many of them. Mm -hmm. um, I default to two colors. I don't even very much look at a third color. And most, I mean, I've had a pretty good, pretty good records with my sealed pools and everything for any sealed event I've played. But like, I feel like going three colors, even though sealed is slower, is just not worth the risk. Yeah, it's it's a lot less punishing to go three color or to go three color in Seal than it is in draft. Mm -hmm. But at the same time it can be punishing because Seal is slower, but you're not you can't draft mana fixing. Yeah. Which is a very like sometimes, you know, you'll just have the nut like, you know, three evolving wilds, a bunch of dual lands, you'll build your suite, you know. Excuse me. I three mean, color mana base. And no one will yeah. care, but yeah, I mean, much to much to the same way that in draft you want to draft your seat, in sealed you want to build your deck to the pool you have. Yeah, like I know that's, that's super broad. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean? I mean, that's probably almost you know go go listen to limited resources. I'm sure they talk about that. <laughs> They're way smarter than us. But like, the cards in your pool are gonna are going to want to be in a certain deck if that makes any sense it, that there is a air quotes best deck for that pool and yeah. your job is to find it just yeah. like when you're drafting you are getting you are should be drafting a specific deck based on what you're getting past absolutely and that like that's not even like a matter like it's very rarely a matter of opinion on what the best deck is it literally just comes down to like numbers like you are going to have a higher quality of cards in mm -hmm. certain colors than others because that's just the part of variance of magic. Yep. And, like, it is your job to find, like, the most powerful amongst those or the most synergistic and stuff like that. Which kind of leads to some, like, I've something that I was thinking about when we were coming up with this specific aspect of the limited for the podcast that I think there are two different ways to build a magic pool. Okay. And it basically comes down to you can like consistency consistency versus power. Yep. And it's something that a lot of people seem to lean more towards the power as to where I lean way more towards the consistency. And mm -hmm. it it's really 
up to your own personal playstyle for what you want to do. Because, like, hands down, a three-color deck is almost universally more powerful than a two-color deck. Because you are playing a third color for the powerful cards in that color. Yep, there, are ex- there are exceptions to this. I have seen someone play a three-color deck with Slitherblade in it because reasons. Okay. And my soul I mean, sometimes you just want to play a card. Yeah. Flash <laughs> for that sick providence. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... God damn it. Uh, but, like, I'm much... like That's why I'm a much bigger fan of the stuff like um, two-color co- two decks because two-color decks are just way more consistent, and while I may not be playing every single bomb I opened, which some people say you should do your best to play as many bombs as possible, I would rather play weaker cards on average, which they're, like, consistently, like, C-pluses, than play, you know, red because I open a Glorybringer and literally six other terrible red cards that are bad, like... Glorybringer is probably the best card in limited in this in this set right now, but I have yet to actually play it in a deck outside of one where I never drew it. Yeah, that's <laughs> and that's a tough thing to do, like to look and be like, man, I got the bomb rare, but I had, have no other cards to support it, and I can't play it. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's one of those making the hard decisions sort of things, and you know sometimes you need to do that. Like, you, you have to have a certain threshold of support for a color before you can just be like, well, we're slamming the Glorybringer and let's do it. It's like, yeah, literally my only red card, but we can do it, we can get there. But, so, I, t- I think I tend to lean more towards the consistency piece with you. Um, I want to be playing decent cards on a decent curve. I mean, curve is much less important in... I, I shouldn't say that. Um, not curve is much less important. I guess the, the, the basic point is that um, decks like aggro are much worse in sealed, and they very, very, very rarely work Yes. Um, compared, compared to draft. You don't want to be doing the one-drop, two-drop, three-drop, four-drop plan. Because most, most of the time, you just don't get those cards in your pool. Yeah, like I, I, I disagree with you saying that you don't want to be doing that. It's more of you can't do that. That yeah, that may be a more fair statement, is that you, you normally can't be doing that, and trying to force it just doesn't work. I mean, your overall card quality in a sealed deck generally is just worse than a draft deck. Yeah, and like in draft, you can, you know, draft the cards that you need. Like, you're literally picking and choosing. Like, the power level of a draft deck is almost universally higher than any sealed deck. Yeah. And that's, like, something that a lot of people don't take into account when they're doing their de- their deck building. So, you know, like, they'll be like, oh, well, I draft this archetype, and it's really good, and then they try and build a deck around, around that archetype with their sealed deck, and it's just bad, because, like, they're missing very key pieces. Yep. Agro Agro is one of the things that is kind of like that. And then synergy decks that rely a lot on cards kind of working together very much don't work well. Yeah. It is much harder to actually play a synergistic deck in Sealed because you once again, you just don't do not have the pieces. Yeah. And I think that's why I like Sealed more because the decks tend to be piles of good cards. Mm-hmm. It's, and, yeah. It... Basic card evaluation goes into a lot, like, is very, very important in Sealed, mm-hmm. because you need to realize how good is this card by itself. Yep, exactly. And you're, you're I mean, you, you do evaluate cards in relation to each other a little bit, but a lot of it is evaluating the cards, just how, how good is, you know, this specific card. Like like a 3-3 flyer for 5 is just a great card in Sealed. I mean, a 3-3 flyer for 5 is almost universally just a great card. 
But I think it's better in sealed <laughs> than it is in draft. Yeah, fair enough. But which is kind of like I, I mean another one of my points is is that um, you're where you want to put the emphasis of your curve is a little different in sealed than it is in draft. Um, what I tend to feel is is that like two drops are are less important in sealed, and three drops are more important. Like they they kind of switch spots almost. Like in 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 draft you tend to want more two drops, in sealed you want more three drops. Yeah, also, I, I can agree with also that. the quality of the quality of like your five drop plus obviously not you don't want to go too much above that but you can have a few more five drops because you need those cards that just come down and end the game to some degree. Like keyword big is just a good thing to have in sealed more more so than draft because because the card quality is so the overall card quality is so much lower you have more time to get to that late game to be able to cast those big cards on curve. Or not on curve, but cast them at all before you just get killed. Because on, aggro is not something that really happens. Yeah, on turn 7, you don't want to be, you know, top decking a 2-drop and playing that when your opponent just played a greater sandworm. Yeah. Like, that is that is not where you want to be. You need to essentially, like, sealed is much more about haymaker magic. Mm -hmm. It really is. You want to be the one dropping, you know, the sledgehammers, not the one who's, you know... Playing with the hack hammer, yeah. But and as a part of that, removal is is more important in sealed too. Like yeah. unconditional removal to some degree. Like you can get away with playing some of those, the removal spells that are a little more expensive, but just kill anything. Yeah, like shock is really really good in draft. It is nowhere near as good in in sealed. But I'm still going to play it. It's still good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you still play Shock because, like, you know, it's still nice to be able to, like, kill the smaller stuff. But, like, you know, if you had to choose between Shock or a Deemworthy, I don't know what the hell you're yeah. doing with your pool or you have to cut one of those two cards. I mean, you, I want that pool. Yeah, I'm you, sure everything else is great. <laughs> you're going to cut the Shock and keep the Deemworthy because it literally yeah. kills anything. Yeah, where it's like, uh, or for an example of a format I played more so, like, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. But there's like the, uh, the like one of the five mana destroy target creature spells, um, compared to like Reeve Soul, yeah, which destroys a creature with like toughness three or less or something like that, or converted mana cost three or less. I can't remember. Converted but it destroys a small two, creature. I believe. Huh? Like it's like converted mana cost or power of two. Yeah, something like that. But it destroys a small creature for two yeah. mana, or you can destroy anything for five. You're gonna take the five mana card that just kills anything, because. The cards that you're worried about are going to be the bigger ones. Yeah. I mean... And you, yeah, you, you get to that point in the game, too, to be able to cast those things, even can, though you don't want to. You can board in the Reeve Soul if you need to. Mm-hmm. And that's a big piece, too, is that you can just board in the cards like that. Like, that Reeve Soul is a sideboard card in that format, whereas it's more of a main deckable card if you were drafting. That is something that a lot of people don't do enough in, in um, Sealed. Like is actually boarding stuff. Like, they don't do it a lot in Limited in general, which, like, yeah, like in general, people don't board in enough cards. Like, you, you're, you're very right. Like I, I tend to board a only board. a few cards. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to lie, I don't board very often, because it's very rarely that I have cards that I think are, like, strict, like, strictly good in this situation. But, I mean, you were watching online when I was playing against the red deck, and I boarded in, like, three Dune Beetles. 
Yeah, like the, the one chord stupid thing. Like he just couldn't get through them though. Yeah, like I cut a bunch of my super big top end because I only needed like one actual top end win con to win the game. Yeah, like I just and you boarded in like you doing Beatles or something stupid like that. Yeah, but like, and that's something that you need to keep in in mind when you're doing things like that. You need to be, like, you know, the like game one you're you're playing against an unknown deck and you just want to make the best deck that you can generally play. But games two and three, you know what you're playing against for the most part. Yeah, if you if you die with a bunch of seven drops in your hand, you know, or that's, yeah, put, get, put, it get rid of them. put it in the mediocre two drop. I'll commonly draft um, if a if a format has like a colorless two drop, I'll commonly take those if there's like very little else in the pack for me, just as a sideboard option to board in. I mean, they yeah, that you can cast them. I mean, they're not. It's not something you always want to be doing, but yeah. you know, in in this format, even having one of those dumb walls, like sometimes you just need that defensive speed to put up. You know, you, you need to cast Dune Beetles so that you can survive long enough to do your really broken things. Yeah, that, that's that's what a lot of people don't realize. It's like, yeah, you know, this this two mana two two that costs two color or two generic mana is really really terrible, but if it blocks my opponent's two one, I basically just cast a Doom Blade. Yep, that's fine with me. I'm surviving into the late game, mm-hmm. and that's and you're going to be doing things a lot more like that a lot more in sealed, just because decks are slower. Mm-hmm. Like you, you need to survive to the long game more often than not, and that's. I feel like I'm. Uh, people want to focus on the front end of the game in sealed. When realistically, you need to focus on the the later end of the game. Most decks in Sealed are going to be mid, mid-range mid to control decks more so. I mean, limited every deck's kind of a mid-range deck, but it, it's going to lean more towards late game, whereas draft can lead more towards early game. Yeah, because you can pick and choose what you want yep. to actually like build an aggro deck. Like, yeah. it, mm-hmm. They're very different formats, and you know, as I've said before, you are just generically better at Sealed than me, which... For some reason, and I'm just better at draft. I still than don't you know are. why. I, I mean, I know why that is because you play a lot more draft than me. Yeah. But like when it comes to know. sealed, like you just you just have like a strictly better record than I do. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Which is there was a, there was cool. a good period of time where I had a 75 percent win rate against you in sealed. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'll take that. I mean, you, t- you t- take any victory that is given to you because it's still a victory, right? <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you this one. Just be, or this last thing because I'm not 100% sure where I fall on it. I've heard differing opinions from people but I'm not sure where I fall on it. So, sealed. Yes. Player draw. I don't know. <laughs> and I'll admit I don't 100% know either. I think I think most of the time you actually want to draw. Even though most of the time I'm pretty sure I actually played. I th- honestly think it really comes down to the act what the format is yeah i mean and like what your own personal deck is because like in limited more than any other format card advantage is king like drawing an extra card is a big deal especially in sealed where you will consistently go to the late game where that extra Mm -hmm. card actually matters as to where you know your opponent playing a two drop on the play and you not playing anything until turn three is usually not as punishing and much less likely But I'm 
I tend to like to play tempo style decks in sealed. If you're tempoing, you want to go first. Yeah, I want to go first because I want my opponent to not play a two drop. I want to bounce their three drop and just Mm -hmm. annihilate them. Like, you know, that's what I want to be doing. As to where, like, in a super, like, you know, ramp based format with a bunch of big bombs, it's more justifiable to go on the. I wonder. I'm pretty sure if you know your opponent's playing a Glorybringer and you have one of your own, you choose to draw. Why? Oh, never mind. Glorybringer can't kill another Glorybringer. Yeah. I always forget <laughs> that. Damn it. Yeah. That card's garbage. It's basically no good. It can't even kill itself. What's up with that? <laughs> of course, because dragons can't be hurt by dragon fire. Duh. But they can still, like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I could make an anime reference, but I don't... one, you wouldn't get it, and two, everyone would just think that I'm terrible, so... I mean, we already do, so you might as well. Well, there, there's an anime. I've only ever seen the first episode of it. It's called Fairy Tale. Okay. And the... I've actually heard of... I've no know nothing about it, though. Yeah, I, I, I... My ex got me to watch the first episode because she heard it was really good. It's fine. But, um... There's, like, the main character, he has something called, um, Dragon Slayer Fire Magic, which was taught to him by the king of the fire dragons. So he uses dragon fire magic to kill dragons with fire. Okay. Yep. So dragon fire breath should be able to kill other dragons. Good talk. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That went exactly as well as I thought it would. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I figured, but yeah, I don't know. That's a super like you hear it all the time, where people are like, "Oh yeah, you want to be on the play for this one," or "Oh yeah, you want to be on the draw for this one." But it's just, eh. Yeah, I think I think being on the draw is usually the uh, is the default. I think is where you want to be. Honestly, I think that's where a lot of people think you want to be. Which... I think it's the default. Yeah, I think it. I think it's the default, and you go from there and make decisions and say no, and 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 convince yourself to to be on the play if that makes sense. Okay, so so the last point we want to make, or I want to make, I guess, is um. Uh, actually, I'm just going to reiterate the first point. That's the last point. Stop blaming your pool <laughs> for your losses. Like I, I just feel this is so important, and people ignore it. It it's so easy for Magic players to just when they when they win they're so good and when they lose oh it was just bad luck yeah and sealed is no different they just blame their pool it's a crappy pool blah 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 whatever like that stop doing that you will you will get percentage points by owning up to the fact that you built your pool wrong yeah why you win and why you lose is very important and it is very rarely be due to variance yeah okay so do you have anything else, John? So, something that was brought up um, on another podcast I listened to. It's called Magic Mics. It's I listen to it because I respect the people in it, but a lot of the time, I just kind of feel as if they're very, very wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's super interesting that one of them brought up something. And he said he thinks cycling should be evergreen. What is your opinion? 
Um, so, I will say I like cycling a lot. I have to say that. I am a big fan of it. I like having the ability of to pitch a card and draw it. I like drawing cards. Drawing cards is sweet. It's like one of my favorite things to do in Magic. Scratch that. It is my favorite thing to do in Magic. Um, it is why you play Magic, is to draw cards. basically why I play Magic, which is probably closer to the truth than I should. You, you, have, you have never won a game of Uno in your life. <laughs> I'm like, I just use these draws on me, right? That's what I want to do. Card advantage. Um, so... Should cycling be evergreen? Okay. No, it should not be evergreen. Why? Reasoning. People... So, the people who compete with Magic design decks to do one thing. Be consistent. Mm -hmm. So, making cycling evergreen for them is a net positive in their eyes. However, variance in magic is a feature, not a bug. It is one of the most important things in magic to keep everyone else playing it. <laughs> Have it or removing some ability for people to manipulate what their decks are going to do makes the game fun for the people for the 99% of other people who are playing the game that aren't top-level people. The majority of people who play Magic are don't play at stores. Yes. They don't play on the Pro Tour. They don't, like, they're, they don't show up to, like, and the, the, the point I'm trying to make is, is I'm not just talking about pros here. Mm. I'm talking about people who show up at FNM. Like, people who show up to events at stores. People who show up to pre-releases. Like, those are the minority of Magic players. Yes. Most Magic players are people who play at their kitchen table with, with other friends. And that large percentage of people do not appreciate, I, I, as a whole, do not appreciate cycling in the same way that the other group does. And while it sounds like you're favoring one or the other, I think... I think... You don't want to have the variance of a game like Hearthstone for Magic. You're, we're not just we're not just rolling dice here to see who who won the game. But you don't want Magic to be like chess, where the better player always wins. You need to find that really nice middle ground where there is some amount of variance, but how? But the the better person will win the majority of the time. And because of that, I feel like cycling is something that should show up. I really like it. I liked when it showed up. But people were kind of talking, like, they, it, there wasn't as strong of a push, but um, uh, for limited people were saying, oh, man, morph should be a mechanic that is evergreen or something like that, basically. And not, like, because of the ability to play a 2-2 two, two for 3 with any card, basically, or a, a lot of cards. And when you're looking through your own little lens, it makes perfect sense. I mean, cons was, cons was kind of sweet because, I mean, there were a couple times I played decks where I can't, I cannot hard cast this morph, I cannot flip it over. I'm just playing it as a 2-2 two, two for 3. Mm -hmm. But that really warps how magic works then. And if 
if every format has two two for three that you can play with any card, it makes it makes magic more homogenous and less interesting. And I feel cycling has kind of the same thing to it too. All right. So, so there's my really long answer, I guess, that kind of made some sense. I agree with you. Now, do you want to know the interesting part? Sure. These... What Everything I just said was interesting, but okay. <laughs> so this podcast is three magic personalities who, okay. they are good magic players, but they are not professional magic players. They Okay. Um, one of them's job is magic-related, one of them used to do magic coverage, and one of them has multiple podcasts, and she's just... She's a large part of her own little part of the magic community. Okay. The exact same day that I listened to this podcast, I was also listening to Limited Resources. Yes. And as some people may know, Limited Resources is Marshall Sutcliffe and Luis Scott Vargas. He's okay at magic, Yeah, you know, what, probably, like second or third best magic player of all time depending on who you ask yeah probably like he's he's like yeah fine and he commented on how while he enjoys Amonkhet it is not one of his favorite formats ever and he doesn't actually think it's going to become that because there is an innate flaw in the format known as Amonkhet and that is the fact that a lot of people are main decking cards that are normally considered sideboard cards because they have cycling, it is yep. reducing the variance in the format, and in LSV's <laughs> own words, variance is fun. Did I just agree with LSV and basically say everything blind? Yes. <laughs> so like, I'm basically like the second best magic player in the world now. <laughs> like it, and so I'm going to point out also that LSV's word, like, even regardless of him being a great magic player... Mm. LSV's job is a game designer. Yes. And I think that's very important to point out here, is that he's looking at it from a game design lens, probably, also. Oh, yeah, he's, he's looking at it from game design and his own personal preference, where he enjoys the variants of magic. Like, he, like mm-hmm. as you said, he works for Dire Wolf, Dig- Wolf Digital. He's making the eternal card game. Like, he does design games, and he understands stuff like this. And it was super interesting that the professional, you know, world-class magic player doesn't like the variance reducing mechanic because it reduces variance and the more you know competitive casual individuals with the podcast they like the variance reducing mechanic because it reduces variance yeah and it was just super interesting i think i think lsv's game designer chops really actually play into that to some degree too though possibly but yeah no that's interesting well i'm glad i can i without knowing it agreed with lsv basically on my points yeah, he, he didn't say it in regards to game design. He just said from his own personal enjoyment level of it that it does detract from his enjoyment of Omniket, which is super, super interesting to think about something like that. So, yeah. That's interesting. I like that. I like that stuff. We may, we may have to talk design sometime because I find that really interesting. But talk about something that I have it. no knowledge of. <laughs> Man. I yeah I don't know I'm a big big game design person maybe we'll do that for if we ever do a bonus episode yeah. I I'm all for throwing my two cents into anything but you should never actually ask my opinions on balance <laughs> I'll do it but okay so we're gonna wrap this one up if you want to send us feedback you can uh, shoot us an email at thelocalmeta at gmail dot com 
And if you want to catch John's stream, you can find those at twitch.tv slash galerivers, G-A-L-E-R-I-V-E-R-S. And go follow him there and sign up. You'll get emails whenever he starts streaming. So, are you good, John? I think I'm good. Let's... All right. So, we will catch you next time. See ya.